Activate Live is about to begin. Coming up next, you'll hear from a 60-year member of the Machinist Union, and we'll introduce you to a resource for finding union jobs. Activate Live starts now. Activate your voice. Activate the voice. Speak up, speak out, get involved, get involved. Engage-toi. Take action. We're union and we're proud. Welcome to Activate Live. I'm Tanya Hutchins at the Machinist Union headquarters in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. We'll get to our guests in just a moment, but first, two victories. Acts of unlawful termination. That's what a National Labor Relations Board regional director told the IAM in a ruling last week. The NLRB regional director found five of six terminations were unlawful at Boeing's manufacturing facility in North Charleston, South Carolina. 176 flight line inspectors and technicians voted to join the IAM last year. Boeing violated federal law by refusing to bargain for a first contract. IAM International President Bob Martinez says this ruling is a landmark first step to victory for workers at Boeing South Carolina. He goes on to say, we call on Boeing to immediately reinstate our members, sit down now to negotiate a contract with its flight line employees, end its scorched earth anti-union campaign, and give back to the business of working with the IAM and our members to build aircraft. Well, striking members of IAM Hoosier Local 2018 picketed outside Regal headquarters in Beloit, Wisconsin today, just a couple hours ago. This is this afternoon. More than 100 members of the local have been on strike for a fair contract with affordable health care and better wages. They've been on strike for weeks. Well, International President Martinez and Eastern Territory General Vice President Jimmy Canigliaro visited IAM Local 1529 members at Amphenol Aerospace last week. The plant is in Sydney, New York, which is upstate near Binghamton. Nearly 850 members work at the facility, which is one of the largest manufacturers of interconnect products in the world for military, commercial aerospace, aerospace and industrial markets. Contract negotiations been, begin next month. And Martinez and Canigliaro were there to offer their resources and support. Well, during the New Jersey State Council of Machinists Conference earlier this month, a 60-year member was honored with the Frank Darcy Award for Leadership. Darcy was a longtime activist and skilled machinist. Well, I'm going to show you a picture here of IAM Local 1776 member Cornelius O.B. O'Brien. There he is receiving the award. And look to the left right there is Rich Howell. He's just beaming with pride. We are honored to have Obi join us now from Philadelphia in the Philadelphia area to tell us all about his career and what it means to receive this award. He is joined by Local Lodge President Rich Howell. So Rich, I'm going to start with you. You're a 40-year member. Tell us first about your local and who we represent there. Absolutely. <clears throat> well, we uh we here at 1776, we represent the uh, International Philadelphia Airport, American Airlines Ramp and Mechanics, Southwest Customer Service, United Ramp and Customer Service, British Airways, Atlantic Ramp, and Northeast Airport out of our local Lodge 1776. So you all are busy. You have a lot of members out there. We have a lot of members. We have a lot of community service we do. We, we stay active with, uh, we have a lot of different committees in our local. Uh, we're nonstop. 
Now, let me ask you, you have Ro Obi sitting right next to you. Obi. Absolutely. Yes. How, how, how did you first hear about the IAM ramp job, Obi? Because that was 1959, right? Yeah, a friend of mine got a hold of me and it said, oh, but there might be a position at uh, the airlines if you're interested. I was working as an auto mechanic through a friend of mine. So he got me an application and uh, sometime in the June and July of that year, I uh, filled it out, turned it in. And in August uh, of 59, I had an interview. And the day after I had the interview, they called me up and hired me as a ramp service guy. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> How was it when you first started? What was it like working ramp in 1959? It was a lot different it was back then. What you did then, you loaded the airplane. After you loaded the airplane, you cleaned the airplane. And then there was, of course, fueling. So it wasn't just being loaded and unloaded. It, you were doing the other jobs, too. And eventually, as time went on, they, they changed a little bit and put the cleaners on. And then, of course, there was mechanics there all the time. But it, it was a job that I really enjoyed. And just as time goes on, I just did what I had to do as a ramp service guy. Now, were they using the belts back then? The belts Everything that we have today? No, not what we have today. <laughs> Everything was basically you pulled up with a cart and a tractor. And what you did is offload them onto a cart and then drive them into the baggage claim area where you offloaded them not on a belt, on a regular uh, a carousel. Now, well, it's actually, it was a carousel, but it didn't move. And you just put all the bags on there and people picked it up. That's all. Wow. So you were lifting all those heavy bags. <laughs> no. <laughs> Back then it was. It was. But I enjoyed every bit of it. I mean, everybody was fine. And it was a new environment for me. And as time went on, I learned quite a bit. I'm telling you, as a, as a ramp serviceman, I enjoyed so, everything I was doing. Well, you must. If you you'd stayed that long, when you That's compare true. the 1959 ramp work to when you retired, how much had it changed? Well, it, it changed. My retirement came after a, a major strike on Eastern Airlines. Mm -hmm. But uh, other than that, I was fortunate enough to maintain the, the job that I had here in the local. And also, I worked for the AFL-CIO with my friend, Randy Canale. And I, he put me on as a treasurer for the Delaware County AFL-CIO. So that, that made me be able to stay at the local lodge. And uh, basically, uh, the members uh, kept me here. Recording secretary. Yeah. I was recording secretary for 45 years. I know. That is incredible. 45 years in the same job. I cannot imagine. You must have really loved it. I did. I did. I learned a lot. As, and the IAM, let me tell you, uh, was my future. And it still is today. Uh, all the things that I do, uh, I do not just for myself, I do it for the members of this lodge and members within the Machinist Union. Most people that know me know that, that that's exactly how I operate. And I, I'll continue to do that till the day comes that I may no longer not, not be here. But well, I enjoy every minute. for a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obi, right. you yeah. mentioned the Eastern Airline strike. That was a very contentious time, not only in the airline industry, but here with people who used the airline and the airlines at that time. What yeah. was it like working ramp and being a worker on strike during that time? It was kind of tough. It was kind of tough. I worked out of this local for over two years. Uh, I, making sure I was here like 16, 17 hours a day, making sure everybody maintained their picket line and all that. But I also have to thank a lot of the major union in the city of Philadelphia 
and, and around that helped us out 100%. We were right there. So that, without the other unions, uh, it would have been tough. It was tough for some weeks. It, it was just tough. But our members hung in there tough. I mean, we did lose a lot of people. My friends in Miami, uh, I, we lost like 29 people to uh, suicide. It was like a suicide thing for them. Oh. And, you know, I just try to keep up with what we were doing. Keep it, and everybody stayed pretty good. I mean, it was there. It was not just us. It was the flight attendants. It was the pilots. It was the ramps. It was the mechanics. So everybody participated. So that solidarity was really strong back then. It was. It, it was. was. And I have yeah. to say that. And I, I was reviewing with Richie today a lot of the pictures that we had. I said, if people saw this today, they, they wouldn't believe that all the stuff that we did. Yeah. Even the airport at one time, we shut the airport down. We did. <laughs> <laughs> and had a, had a big rally that went through the airport. It was just amazing. Yeah. Some people from the other union said, well, how did you do that? I said, I had the right connections at the right time. <laughs> <laughs> That's important. But that, that was part of my thing that I did. And I enjoyed every minute of it. I would never turn back anything that I did. I mean, that was a big turning point for the industry. Yeah. It was a big time for us. How important was it that our members had that contract at the time? It was very important. Yeah. Very important. Because it protected them. Even Well, it protected them during the 9-11 uh, mm -hmm. incident in New York City. By them having that in the contract, the, the period of time that they were out of work was around about a month or so, but they all had their jobs back. Everybody got their jobs back. So the legislation that w we worked on down in Washington, D.C. was a big help to our members. And it is too today, too. So Rich, it, it means a lot. Rich, just listening to Obi's stories, you know, how much does he inspire you? Uh very much. <laughs> I, I can tell you stories of the State Machinist Council in New Jersey where Frank and Obi would be sitting down for hours just reminiscing uh, the past. And it really inspired me to just listen to the stories uh, of them too. And over the years of what they've done and what they built and what they actually gave the, me when I got into the industry in 1978, um, I mean, I walked into what they've already built back in the 1960s, and I can tell you the stories from the 78s to the to right now. If it wasn't for guys like him and Frank Darcy, uh, I don't know if we would be here today. So that's very inspiring, just to pass that down to the next generation. And that's exactly what we do here in this local: is we try to bring on the young to mentor, and uh, we want to turn it over to the young because. They have to understand that what they went through in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and shutting down airlines such as Eastern and TWA, uh, that's, that's, a big, that's a big fight. A lot of legislation was changed. A lot of laws were passed. Um, and we're still fighting today, believe it or not. It's, it's, it's one of the craziest things me and Obi keep talking about, how different it is from today than it was back in the 70s and 60s. That's true. You know, it's an ongoing battle fighting for it our is. rights. But going back to that Eastern strike, Obi, can you just tell us about some of the things that you were dealing with with people like Frank Lorenzo? Uh, Frank Lorenzo was unbelievable. I mean, he just tried to walk over people, and we just fought him tooth and nail. I mean, if it wasn't for our guys being out on the picket line and knowing what it is, and 
some of our members went up to New York when we had the, the bankruptcy court and all that. And th that was a problem. I was up there two or three times and I said, this isn't working for me. I have, I have to move away from this and let the other guys do that. I'll be back at the hall doing what I'm supposed to do, making sure our members stand fast. And they did stand fast. And we lost some people during that strike. But still, I mean, I just kept moving on, I'll be honest with you. The, the, there was times that I got locked in this room, so I didn't get locked up. Wow. <laughs> what happened, I'm sure. <laughs> but other than that, we did well. I, I still remember that. And I would let me tell you something. That's my past, but I, I still I believe it 100%. I mean, I, I believe in the Machinist Union. They were there, and, and I, I have to t say this: in my lifetime, I worked under a number of international vice presidents. Five international vice presidents, general vice presidents for the machinists. I worked under six, three out of the transportation, three out of the Eastern Territory, and localized presidents. I worked under 10 localized presidents. Plus, I have to say this my buddy Rich Howe and I worked very closely, very closely. Even though, in the time that there was a major problem here in this local for 22 guys, and I'm sure some people might relate that to you, we did everything we had to do to make sure everybody somewhere down the line got their jobs back. But the airlines have changed since then. And now they're looking to take things away from us. Major things that we've accomplished over the years, they want to take away from us. And they're making billions of dollars, billions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And hopefully it'll change somewhere down the line. And we'll see what happens. I, I told Rich the other day, I said, Rich, somewhere down the line, somebody's got to take these people on because they just don't care. I mean, they don't care. But yeah, it's happening all over. Rich, it's, he's it's got one of those things. Obi's got a lot of fight in him. Do you remember the first time he you does. met him? I do. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he was fighting back then. That was in uh, 1989. We were walking. Oh, we were walking in front of the airport, and uh, they were giving some speeches, and uh, and it was just you know, and I was young, and I I had a young family and some babies, and we're all pushing everybody in strollers and. And we knew we were in for a fight in the 80s because in, in the course of 1980 to 1989, a lot of, in, a lot of airlines went up and down, started up, and they, they went out of business. But uh, that was a fight, that, and it was just amazing to see those bunch of guys at that age. You know, I was a lot younger, so I always called them the old men, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they taught me a lot, and, you know, and that's, that's something that's, you know, you don't get that anymore. You don't get that in schools. You don't get that anywhere. But you get that from here. You, we, we like to teach. We like to show people where it all started. And when it started back in his day in the 1960s, when they shut down all the airlines one time, yep. the government passed a law saying you couldn't do that anymore. So that and that fight began back in the 60s. So it's 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 real. It's a real good honor to be with Obi and like you and said earlier i hope he's around for the next 30 years 40 years <laughs> we have some good stories to tell a lot of young guys well that's what i wanted to say to obi like what do you have to say to all of the young new members the the young machinists out there let me tell you something they, they just have to stay strong and yeah. do whatever they have to tell you let me just let me relate a little story to you from one of the members of local 1776 he was talking to some of his buddies in the local, and he said, you know, I think I want to run for recording secretary. And the person said to them, you better go see Obi to see what he wants to do. And this is a young man. He came to me, and he said, look, Obi, I'm looking at 
maybe running for a recording secretary. He said, when you step aside, I said, are you really interested? He said, yes, I am. I said, I'll tell you what, at the end of my term, I'll step aside. We'll put your name up. He said, would you help me? I said, I'll help you 100%. And we continue that today. He got that job mm -hmm. and we continue helping him and I'll continue to do that. Helping anybody that comes through this local lodge or anywhere in the IN that people call me. And the only thing I do say to them is that people know that I read different contracts and all that. I said, look, did you tell your general chairman? Yeah, I talked to my general chairman. He was tied up. He said, get a hold of Obi. He'll help you out. <laughs> and I said, Other than that, I, I make sure that I don't step on nobody's toes. I do what I have to do, and I'm going to continue to do that till whatever for the machinist unit. Well, I, I have a lot of friends in high places in, in the machinist unit. I, I love every one of them, I'm telling you, 100%. And, and when the fight's there, I'm there. That's all I can tell you. I mean, that's the bottom line. Obi, you are a true mentor. That's what mentorship Absolutely. is all about. Absolutely. Rich, what he were you thinking when you were beaming when he was getting that award? It's just well-deserving. When, If you knew Frank Darcy um, and you listened to the stories of Frank and, and Obi, that was well-deserved. I mean, it was, uh, you know, I wish everybody had the opportunity to meet Frank. I really do. Because it was, you know, just to understand where they all started from to where they got to today and how they just keep on the education of the young kids saying, don't give up. You can't give up. Don't fight. And that's, that's, where, that's, that's where we're at today. The only other thing I have to do, thank you, is my family. My family went along with me, my wife and my children. Oh, the times that I wasn't around and helping other people, they were right there for me. So that, that's something that I cherish all my life. I cherish that all my life, that they were right there for me, never questioned what I did and things like that. That means a lot. And hopefully the young people today will, will understand some of that. I mean, I, everybody likes to have a decent wage and all that. But sometimes you have to fight for that. And they know it. They come and ask me, and I tell them exactly what they have to do. And they say, you sure? I said, I'm telling you how it is, and if you need help, just call me. I'm, I'm right here 100%. And Obi told me that uh, to teach everybody what you know, because it's the young that's going to keep us going. And so I got involved with the uh, education department in 141, where other local presidents will give me a call, and we'll discuss a lot of, you know, what do you do here, what do you do there. And I do travel the country and, and go to different local lodges and teach them how to read their bylaws and stuff like that. So I just love, I just love teaching. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to show you a comment that's up on the screen from John Hansen. He says, local 315 <laughs> stands with you, brother. Thank you for all you have done and continue to do. Great. Well, and here we have Terry and Steve Oliver saying, wow, keep on trucking, Obi from Florida, retired TWA, Philadelphia, St. Louis. All right. Yeah. You have fans all over the country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I met a lot of people in my lifetime in the Machinist Union and other unions, and I'm telling you, it, it's been a pleasure to me. It's been a pleasure to do this, and to work with Rich uh, is unbelievable. Him and I stood hand in hand over certain things, and uh, there was times when uh, 
I tell you, he inspired me to keep on going like he is. So I'm going to be around for hopefully the next 40 years. <laughs> That's true. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking to you both. Thank you so much for taking the time to reminisce with us, and congratulations on your award, Obi. Thank you very much, and thank you for having us today. I really thank appreciate you. that. Thank it you. It was a pleasure. That was Obi O'Brien and Rich Howell, local 1776 president. So what do you think about what you've seen and heard so far? How long have you been a member of the IAM? Are you a longtime member of another union? What have you learned over the years that you can pass on to a new member? Join the conversation by commenting now to activate your voice using live chat on YouTube, comments on Facebook, or by replying to this video on Twitter. You can even comment if you're watching the replay. Well, despite low unemployment numbers, there are still people looking for work. Some are working multiple part-time jobs. Others are considered underemployed. Long-time unemployed who may have given up aren't even counted in the official Labor Department numbers. Well, our next two guests found their jobs through a great resource. It's called the Union Jobs Clearinghouse, which is filling a void. The founder told me recently that years ago when he created the job site, there really wasn't one place to find union job listings. Well, the year was 1997 when unions would typically push pin their internal and staffing job announcements on cork boards in their lobbies. The problem was that the announcements would stay up there long after the openings had closed. There wasn't one central location for union jobs, so the clearinghouse was born and the first job was posted within a week of the idea. And 22 years later, unionjobs.com posts openings for unions, social allies, and community organizations. We begin our interviews with Ilana Boivy from the IAM Strategic Resources Department. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Tanya. Bovi, not Boivy. Yes, thank See, you. See, I knew it was going <laughs> to slip. But tell us how you found out about unionjobs.com. Sure. So um, I've been working on, um, you know, workers' rights issues for quite a while. And so even before I um, was involved directly with labor, I was working for a research organization, working with unions. And so, I mean, this was back maybe 10 years ago. I had just heard about the website. And so when I was looking for an employment, even back then, that was how I first got my first job in labor um, back in 2012, working for the communications workers at the time. Wow, so you were already familiar with the website. Yes. So this is the second job you found through the site? It's true. <laughs> okay, so yes. what were you looking for and what is the position that you're doing now? So um, it was about two years, a little less than two years ago now. Um, I was um, not unhappy in my current job, but just, you know, um, it was kind of time to see what was out there and, you know, where I could go next professionally. Um, and so I happened to find this job that was very much in my belly with in the strategic resources department here at the IAM. Um, I had worked um, with um, Neil Gladstein and David White, the directors of the department, again, working in labor. I just kind of like knew them through channels, working on retirement and healthcare issues and so forth. Um, but I, it would have never occurred to me on my own to kind of, you know, even looking for work to kind of call them up and say, do you have an opening? But I happened to see that there was an opening. Um, and so um, that was when I, you know, got my resume together and called them up and the rest is history. <laughs> so, so what was it like going through the process um, on the website? Uh, very easy. Uh, I think it's pretty easy to navigate. I, um, as I recall, you can search by um, geographic area, and then and then they're organized by union from there. Um, That's right. There's even yeah. staffing positions. Yes. Uh, yeah, very easy to navigate. And I think you know different job postings have different you know ways to actually go uh, through and apply for the job. Um, but you know there's directions on there about you know you know if there's a link or you know just send your resume to this email address and so forth. It's pretty easy to use. 
Well, we're glad that we've had you here for about two years now. Um, we were joking earlier that you know, you've been here as long as Activate Live has been on for the past two years. That's right. We kind of started together. Yes. Um, what is the day like for you? What do you do during the day? Um, I mean, any day can be uh, very different depending on what's going on. Um, a lot of what we do, um, or at least what I do as an economist in strategic resources, is uh, assistance with contract negotiations, um, specifically focused on the economic issues. So things related to wages, healthcare, pensions, you know, any kind of compensation issues. Um, you know, looking at the bargaining unit, um, what the demographics are like, what um, the current labor costs are, and what they can maybe get in the next contract moving forward. Um, also looking at the company's financials to assess, you know, their ability to get increases and things like that. Um, we also do um, help um, with organizing campaigns, again, looking at company financials and so forth. Um, some political work, but usually that's left to political and legislative. Um, and we do trainings at the harbor as well. We do. Um, um, you know, a lot of uh, different types of trainings, including negotiation prep classes um, and other types of classes down there. Great. Well, well, we're so happy to have you. Thank you so much for stopping by to tell us about this valuable resource. And you said it. You found two jobs that way. So it worked out. Yes, it did. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming upstairs. She works right downstairs. Thank so. you. Yeah, we'll see you again. Okay. Thank you very much. Well, you can join the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Did you find your job through unionjobs.com? Let us know. What do you think about this resource? Comment now to activate your voice on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. Now, joining together in unions enables workers to negotiate for higher wages and benefits, as Alana said, and improve working conditions. We know now that by speaking up, Together, we can accomplish more than what we can do alone. Our next guest comes to us from the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, also known as IUPAT. So, Britton Lofton joins us now. Hi, Britton. Hang on, Britton. I can see you, but I can't hear you. So let me see if we could figure that out with the microphone. Because Britain also found his job through unionjobs.com. So we want to hear all about that. Can you hear me? I still can't hear you. Well, Britain is sitting in his office. He found that job through unionjobs.com. I don't know what happened. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can hear you. Yeah. Yay. Okay. See, all technology right. Sorry is about that. No, it's okay. Yeah, it's so tell us, okay. um, what was the process like for you in finding your current job? So for me, I had, uh, you know, I've heard about union jobs before, like your previous guests, and I started reaching out to some friends of mine, and, you know, I started clicking around on the internet, seeing what was out there. And I ran upon the IUPAT and their job description for a uh, legislative representative here in D.C., and I How applied. How was it for you navigating the site? Uh, the site was pretty simple. It was unlike uh, formats that I was used to. You know, you see the Indeed or the Career Builder and whatnot. Well, this was kind of right up my alley with my background and where I wanted to take my career. So some of the positions on here, I definitely saw a similar, you know, a, a relationship that I might have with those positions and based upon my background. So you know, and where I wanted to be. The site allowed me to pick the state, the location. Um, and so, you know, it was pretty simple for me. And I noticed that since then the site has 
and I'm looking at it right now, the site has grown a little bit to include uh, education and trades. You know, I don't think I, that might have been up there when I was there, but it's broad. So it's good. What are you doing now? Like, tell us about your actual job and what you do. I'm a legislative representative for the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades. I um, lobby every day. I'm on the Hill speaking with legislators about uh, interests, our members' interests, whether it be wages or benefits or uh, protecting some form of labor standards like a Davis-Bacon or prevailing wage in the building and construction trades. So I'm up there on the Hill all the time. I'm setting up meetings and making phone calls and you know doing some events in the evening i'm also accountable in the field you know as it relates to our political work to support our organizing campaigns out there um so that might look like you know that could come in many in, in all kinds of shape forms of fashion but for me for example we just uh welcomed or had the chance to welcome presidential candidates to our training facilities across the country and that was a part of my work in the political and legislative department so if someone has never used unionjobs.com before, you know, would you recommend it? What would you say to them? Absolutely. I would say go, use it, apply until you get one. I, I ended up going on many different interviews, meeting many different people, many of the same people I work with today. Um, but yes, it's a, it's a good, uh, good vehicle for finding a job in a union and a good vehicle for you know, just seeing what's out there. You know, sometimes on other sites, they might have these types of jobs, but not necessarily uh, jobs around workers' rights or geared toward, you know, um, benefits or geared toward working toward benefits and good wages. So I think I think the the genre or the, the niche that the site has is perfect for what I wanted to do. And I, I hope users will see the same as well. Well, I haven't seen anything else like it that is just geared towards union jobs. So I think it is really unique. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I definitely I see that you will uh, not find many of these jobs listed on other websites. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Britton, taking the time out of your day. Thank we you. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. And if you would like more information, you can visit unionjobs.com. That's unionjobs.com. It's officially called the Union Jobs Clearinghouse. The site even has international listings for what I saw, Australia, Cambodia, Canada, and Zimbabwe. You can also check out the Union Jobs Clearinghouse on Facebook and Twitter. And if you click on staffing positions, this is what you see. Um, there's a bar at the top and you can click on national listings, staffing positions, um, education and trades, as Britton had said. So good luck to all of you job hunters out there. Well, here's a perfect reason um, that you, why union jobs are so important. They're the great equalizer. Thursday, August 22nd is Black Women's Equal Pay Day, the date black women have to work into the new year to finally catch up to what white non-Hispanic men earned last year. There's a Twitter storm planned for 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern time, and that will be tomorrow, and you'll see posts throughout Facebook and um, supporters and allies taking part. The Center for American Progress plans a Facebook Live event at 11 a.m. Eastern time until noon. That's tomorrow, August 22nd. 
Well, looking back at this week in history, the American Federation of Labor founded the Maritime Trades Department on April 19, 1946, to give workers employed in the maritime industry and its allied trades a voice in shaping national policy. Well, if you're a member of the IAM, your union membership gives you the benefit of taking classes at the Wimpersinger Education and Technology Center in Maryland. And here are some deadlines to keep in mind. August 30th is the deadline for advanced web development. September 2nd is the deadline for women's advanced leadership and EAP4. There's more information on the website, wimpersinger.iamaw.org. It is also time for some upcoming state council meetings, and here's the list. September 19th to the 21st, the Washington Machinist Council meets in Ocean Shores. Uh, September 21st and 22nd, the New Mexico State Council's second meeting is in Sunland Park. And September 27th to the 28th, the Maritime Council of Machinists Biennial Conference is in Moncton, New Brunswick. October 5th is the Joint Dakota State Council of Machinists in Fargo, North Dakota. And as far as our special events go, September 8th to the 12th is our International Staff Conference in San Diego. At the end of the month, September 30th to October 3rd, Metal Trades Department's annual conference is in Las Vegas. Also in Vegas, CLUE, the Coalition of Labor Union Women, has its biennial conference October 15th to the 18th. And the Air Transport District 140 Convention is in Victoria, British Columbia, October 28th to the 29th. Well, support your siblings. Share this video to your local or district page if you like what you've seen and heard. And thanks to all of you who already do. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next Wednesday on this same social media platform.